this week on The Startup Life. It took over like 10 years to actually compile these recipes and get them to where now we have something we can put into a cookbook, which my aunt did. I helped out with the editing. That was about it. Mm-hmm. And her and her friend Denise Sims, they wrote this book and it was just basically the culinary journey of my grandmother's life through food. All right, Startup Nation. So let's take flight with Daniel Watson, founder and CEO of Beneva Mayweather Foods. The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Scholars, are you ready to join the 25 Plus Club? Parents, how does thousands in college savings sound? Brand new in our school, the Owl Academy, we have released How to Hack the ACT. Students will cover managing test anxiety, math, science reasoning, and why eating a good breakfast is so important. For more information, go to this episode's show notes for the link. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We're here with owner and founder of Mayweather Foods, Daniel Watson. What's going on, man? What's happening, brother? How's it going? Uh, I can't call it. Thank you so much for doing this with us today. Man, you got it smelling good in here, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> you got it smelling good in appreciate here. It. That's a little, little bit of the mop water, you know what I'm saying? The, the Clorox uh, fragrance scent. The bread smell kind of moved out last night, but, you know, it, it, stays, it stays around the clock. You know, it's all good. I hear that. I hear that. So let's get started. So what's the story behind Mayweather Foods? Uh, 1973. Okay. woman, my grandmother, Beneva Mayweather, she took this building you're in and gutted it out and turned it into a full-scale commercial facility. She was in a catering. So I hear she, that. She uh, was at the Hunt Polo Club for a period of time prior to coming here in 73. I don't know how long that time was, but she worked away from Salad Girl to Head Chef, and through the encouragement of some of the members, they pushed her into doing her own catering. So... She came here, uh, lived next door in that house, and took this particular building and turned it into a commercial kitchen, and I can show you around when we're done. Okay. You got the uh, ovens, you got the full range, you got the industrial coolers and everything, and uh, she started catering, so that was her thing. She started to cater for the likes of the Who's Who of Memphis, friends and families like everyone. Like Her name is, in this city, in terms of food service and catering, is still reputable to this day. Even when I drop out products, some of the clients, they mentioned her, and they just loved her food. They loved how she handled things. So she created a business model based on fine food made from scratch, fine southern cuisine made from scratch, everything high quality, Absolutely. and just exceptional customer service. And, uh, you know, I lived through this. Like, my son's crib is there, but, <laughs> like, you know, 35, 40, I'm 36, so 35, 36 right. years ago, I was just in the same position. You know, gotcha. it's kind of crazy how, you know, the cycle works. So I grew up in this environment. I was raised around this my entire life, entrepreneurship, my mm-hmm. family, just understanding, being in that world, how you have certain, you know, you're afforded certain luxuries just because you're an entrepreneur at that time, right. you know, debit cards and things run around, so it's high cash flow business. It was just a lot, a very different environment in the early 80s and late 70s when it came to food service, even up and through throughout the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so I'm around that, you know, I'm around going to people's homes, you know, these elaborate homes, dealing with people, dealing with people all walks of life, interacting, understanding how to cater to them, understanding what it means to actually provide us a quality service and product, understanding Absolutely. time management, which I'm not the best at, but still <laughs> having a an understanding of the importance of it, as well as understanding the commitment to our passion, which is you know, creating something that is going to be ingested, which is a food product. So just learning that throughout my life, and I was just always in this world, even when I was in high school, 
Uh, you know, my my friends were playing basketball. Of course, at that time, uh, finally beepers were acceptable. Like, <laughs> like, you know, not selling dope. You had a beeper with cell phone. Gotcha. You were selling dope, but beepers, right. you were cool. You had so exactly. you get paid while you have your friends. Like, we need you here. You got to go to the store and get this, 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 this. Because forget what you're doing now. Go leave to go get the uh, mint jelly for the lamb, or to go get some more butter, whatever they would need in here, just to make sure that the operation was complete, or they forgot something for a party in the refrigerator, so I'm leaving what I'm doing to carry something to an event, which essentially just established the foundation of making sure that regardless the customers are taken care of, mm-hmm. no matter what the chaos may be on the back end, mm-hmm. the customer's going to get a fine, finished good and product, and that's just always been instilled to me, so... Seeing that reputation in history, which, you know, 73 till four or five decades, like continual, like throughout my high school, elementary, elementary high school, and then on to college, this business has always been here. So I went to Morehouse uh, and my grandmother passed my freshman year. Mm. So after that point, it was like, okay, she's no longer here. Uh, My aunt, who basically raised me because my grandmother, my aunt were pretty much the primary figures who raised me like. I was raised with my mother about the second grade, and then from that point on, my aunt pretty much took over. Gotcha. And my father, he was uh, early, early on, but I just remember he lived in Virginia, wasn't really heavily just here in Memphis and involved. But, you know, I would see him, it wasn't like he was absentee, he just wasn't in Memphis, and he was in Virginia, so I didn't have him as a part of my immediate experience growing up. So, Understood. So my aunt my grandmother raised me, so at this point, my, my grandmother and aunt, she was, they were like business partners, I guess, not mm-hmm. formally, but she was, my aunt was here in the kitchen. Like, my other aunts weren't here, one's in California, both of them in California. California. My mom wasn't really involved in the business. After a certain point, she left and started to do something else. So being raised with by my aunt and my grandmother primarily in this business, I'm seeing their relationship evolve and just how things were. And then as I'm in college, she passed my freshman year, my aunt ended up taking over the business. And then just because my grandmother was so just magical with what she did, she was right. so involved Absolutely. in it, and she was really passionate about what she did, she would do so much and just was a wizard in here my aunt tried to take on that role which ended up with being a lot too much for her gotcha. so she went got into health concerns and uh mm, she okay. lost a kidney was suffering from sleep apnea it was just crazy it was, that was the same year of the uh, windstorm we gotcha. had a huge contract with a uh, memory city schools we had to do this uh bought all this product i was in college at the time right but the windstorm came and it blew out you know everything like it, the, what the elvis uh storm whatever it was called yeah i know and uh <laughs> That, like, it, it changed everything. Like, from that point, she would, and then I guess that whole time, she, her health was hard already deteriorating, but she had gotten real sick that time. And then, you know, that's when we all realized, okay, uh, she really can't be my grandmother. She can be her, which was good enough because she was here the whole time. She just had to believe in herself and trust in herself, which she did. And so after that point, I think it was, what, 2000 and, that was 2002, maybe, mm-hmm. something like that. So then I'm still in college, and so she just took over, and, like, she got, you know, I finished, I graduated from Morehouse with honors. Her daughter, you know, finished law school. Like, she was awesome. doing all of this and just running this business by herself. And she had a team, but she was here basically taking over the, the role that, you know, this is my grandmother right there in that picture. Okay. And taking over her role and just, you know, making it to where it's like, you know, her own. And it was a huge challenge for her to keep everything going in the spirit of my grandmother, but using her touch and her letting, letting it be known, this is not her, this is me. Absolutely. But it's still coming from the same foundation. So that way she can be herself and not try to live up to the expectations of the of the ability of my grandmother which was you know she would do like she was just all over the place constantly working constantly just all taking any and every part like four or five parties in a night sometimes just just a lot of it well not not necessarily four or five but multiple parties in a night 
just and it was just like wow how are you doing all these things and it wasn't too much for her but it, someone else couldn't really work at that level because that's that's not them my grandmother passed my aunt's taking on all this world she became sick and i'm like all right i get into more house and then it was when i took an elective which was crazy of entrepreneurship everything else was mandatory but the elective was entrepreneurship gotcha. and you know i decided to take it and then when i took it i was just really trying to see is my mind am i mentally wired for this life you know in Absolutely. High, junior high school, I was, you know, making little mixtapes and stuff, some music that I liked, but putting it together in a way in which it kind of, it rolled into other songs, it was kind of like a flow with it, and I really concentrated on how I put together the music, people loved it, and then I realized, okay, I really like creating things and really being in charge of what I do, and then providing it, if revenue comes from it, great, but I really just like to be in, have creative control over what I do, and so that always was with me, and even in college, I tried to sell the uh, the Chronic Killer uh, to like just you know I was in the, I was in Morehouse like women all over Atlanta so right. I can get into front of their faces with what they liked in my car with these you know the watermelons and right. the, the pineapples and all these different flavors spray it like you know uh, they were selling it for five dollars a pop or I think two fifty or five dollars a pop here I could easily if I got a wholesale price to get it I can sell it all over Atlanta because of the numbers right and but the wholesalers wouldn't do business with me just learning they wouldn't do business with individuals which makes sense now that I understand how it works mm -hmm. but at that time I was always trying to figure out a way to be an entrepreneur entrepreneurial I graduate in 03 it's the beginning of 2004 I'm like alright um, I'm gonna come back to Memphis cause really I turned down job offers what I had a uh, Lockheed Martin express some interest mm -hmm. Hugh supply company and I think you can all imagine graduate from Orhouse with honors I mean <laughs> it's just it's entry level bro you know what I'm I know I get it's, that it's, but, but it's, like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a bachelor's degree man get, go anywhere you want to get a bachelor's degree now, I appreciate the school I don't knock it but you know it's not you know, brothers down there, they they sometimes get on some uh, higher than thou type Fair stuff. Enough. So, you Fair know what enough. I'm saying? It's like, look, man, you know, if I, if I can't go to Clark and play ball because of something that happened between Morehouse and Clark because of y'all acting like, you know what I'm saying? I got y'all on gym. Go down there. And Moby is like no one better. I get, you know, one had pride in your school, but when it's down there and you in the middle of the ghetto mm -hmm. and you a conglomerate of a billion dollar worth of entities, I just feel like that you should be more inclusive across the board. It shouldn't be that. Morehouse is better than Moby or Clark because, you know, we get, you know, we have Warren Buffett lunches come down. I'm not sure if you know if he's doing the same for Morris Brown or Clark, but right. we have the mystique, so to speak, and Spellman, and, you know, we, right. it's kind of like an elitist kind of little deal going I, on. Yeah, it sounds not, like, yeah. And, you know, I'm not, you know, it's cool, brothers, it's cool people. I appreciate the education. I appreciate the experience. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like, they got to keep it 100 about that side of it, too. Right. Like, I don't need you to make me a man. Like, I came down here with a foundation that was rooted in this Fair story enough. we're talking about. Fair like, enough. I can dig it. A lot of guys might didn't have it, and they, that school helps to bolster them up and give them that confidence. Because you coming down there, you might be an educated brother, might not have been the coolest guy in school, might have been messed with and picked with, because you got to get in there. You got to be taking care of your business. And, you know, I just wasn't that guy. I was well-diverse. I played basketball in the high school, honor society, mm -hmm. cool with everybody. Right. You know, been around music life and, you know, was squeaking on Saratoga. Just, I've been around a lot of different diverse backgrounds, so I'm right. not really needing to be boost, bolstered up in a manner that <laughs> kind of makes me feel like I'm better than the next person. Fair enough. Especially in the AUC environment. Right. I'm like, look, we all close. We out here trying to get it. We just getting bachelors. Some people get <laughs> postgraduate degrees, but if, if, if you're not in the medical field, you're pretty much going to Georgia Tech or some other school that isn't the HBCU in that area so might be different now I think they have graduate programs now beyond medicine but so I'm in that environment and uh, like I'm like alright so here I am got these job offers let me go back to Memphis to where I know so business been going on at this point four decades that's job security in my opinion it's kind of recession proof industry because you have to eat right so it's like alright 
Then my aunt was already sick, and I figured no one else came back. She probably needs some help. Let me bring this, you know, business acumen, learning the game, new ideas to the <laughs> business, and let's see if we can take it to another level. And then I got hit with a real dose of reality. Like, <laughs> you don't know shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You are uh, book smart, no experience. You need to shut You think you all there because you went to Morehouse. The things that I'm like, not even, like, they knew how I was in Atlanta. I'm like, I'm not even on that tip. Like, I'm Morehouse man, whole lot. They, right. were, they were assuming this. They're assuming like, you that you think you are. Because like you go, I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to class, I'm learning, and I'm regurgitating information that you wanted me to go down that you learned. So why not use it in this form? Right. Right. This is real life. This is like we can practice what I learned, but you know I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> it was just you know fighting. It was I'm the youngest in the family. It was just a uh, whole lot of dynamics, yeah. energy. Like people setting their ways. Like if it don't broke, don't fix it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. It was just a lot of dynamic that working in a family business. I'm mm. sure a lot of people that are in family businesses they know sometimes. The elder statesmen, they're receptive to the new ideas. Most times, they're like, look, we're going to stick with this. Right. And then, look, we in the middle of, you know, we in South Memphis. Like, they're right. worried about zoning issues. they worried about things that they, well, let's work under the radar. Because that's how they always did it. Work right. under the radar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not, you know, they did a successful business, but it wasn't like they're trying to get large scale and whatever. Gotcha. And, you know, be out here and advertise and really get the, the name out there. They were just happy with what they were doing. And right. I'm on the mindset, like, look, why are we... Not you know multimillionaires based on the hard work that y'all have put in, right? And not we're well, not even about the dollar amount. Just why aren't we doing more and gaining more based upon the hard work y'all put in? So I came back and I was like, nah, walking issues. So for like oh oh four to like oh eight, it was like a back and forth, just like cause I'm in the kit, I'm in catering, I'm just learning the game. I'm in here doing, I'm peeling lamb, I'm peeling lamb, <laughs> deveining shrimp. Going to like all the grocery stores, just doing what I was doing as as, as a younger guy in high right. school. Normally, I'll be riding around with them doing this, but now I'm just kind of taking on those responsibilities. You know, learning about inventory control, learning about customer service, and just being responsible for that in terms of how how it structures, how operationally structured, how it's opera, how the operations are structured, and, and now I'm actually thinking about all of these things and looking. Okay, if I do this, then we can do this, and then maybe if I uh, work at this level then we can possibly have these things going on and hey here's an idea let's see if we can try this and so back and forth and back and forth with that and we'd always try to do different things and then I was like my first product was saying okay let's uh, no and when I first got back my aunt wrote a cookbook to honor my grandmother mm-hmm. our mother's table the culinary journey of Beneva Mayweather because my grandmother passed and they had basically been working on a cookbook for some time because they were always trying to do stuff when my grandmother was around like they did a pilot for a cooking show and my grandmother wasn't that person, you know. If, when you don't tell her, right. you gotta. It's a lot more than yeah, just actually. Absolutely. Gotta, she was that wasn't her. That wasn't a thing. And right. they uh, they did the pilot. And my aunt, who she went to uh, uh, the uh, San Francisco Culinary Arts School. It's a, a, a culinary arts academy, California Culinary Arts Academy. It's a prestigious culinary arts academy mm-hmm. academy in California, in the uh, North San Francisco area. So. They were like teamed up, and it just, it just didn't work. But I, they still had a video uh, next door. It's the VHS. It was crazy gotcha. when they did it. But um, so I'm assuming around possibly after that didn't kind of go down. My aunt was like, "Let's do a cookbook. Let's compile your recipes." But my grandmother didn't use recipes. Like she mm-hmm. just you know saw some winged and made it happen, and that was her gift. It took over like ten years to actually compile these recipes. 
and get them to where now we have something we can put into a cookbook, which my aunt did. I helped her out with the editing. That was about it. Mm-hmm. And her and her friend Denise Sams, they wrote this book, and it was just basically the culinary journey of my grandmother's life through food, from you know growing up in the cotton fields of Lexa, Arkansas, coming to uh, Memphis and living on Provine Street in South Memphis, with you know raising four daughters, then going through the you know the things associated with raising four daughters, the parties, the heaven hell parties, the debutante balls, mm-hmm. and then her going from you know working in the polo club and that environment where you're learning you know fine dining experiences catering to high high end clientele and you know preparing meals associated with that kind of you know the the, the ambiance and the uh, plating structure then from that to catering so it basically covers her life through food but it also tells stories associated with that period those periods that pe- pretty people can pretty much relate to that you know understand you know the south and just those type of experiences it might right. even be beyond people that didn't live in the south but just understand these you know experiences in their particular regions of how they might have, uh, you know, had those moments in their lives. So, mm-hmm. um, and it all as it relates to food and my grandmother's recipes. So I'm like, all right, you got this cookbook. Let's come out with some products because, you know, cookbook products go hand in hand. Let's build this brand. Right. And, you know, ice cream, peppermint ice cream was the first product I attempted to come out with because they made an in-house peppermint ice cream. People loved it. And I'm like, okay, I can make this. Let's try to get this out, see if we can market and push it. And then I'm learning about the product side. I called, uh, what's that, Clank Brothers? Okay. It has Angel Foods off uh, the expressway. Okay. And talked to a brother. He was just letting me know, look, man, if you want to get into this business, you need to have your money straight, and you need to have a lot of brand visibility because it's a perishable item. They're not going to let your ice cream sit in the shelf for you know three, four months and people learn about it, figure it out, possibly try it. And then you have uh, competition because if you look into the ice cream section, you know, Briars has about, what, 20 different products, mm-hmm. Angel Food, uh, Bunny, uh, Blue Bunny, right. Country Bell, mm-hmm. you know, all these and different companies. the store brand, right? Yeah, exactly. So where are you going to fit? <laughs> right. And then when you're there, now what, you got, what, 30 days? You don't sell it, we're buying it back. So it might right. not be the best product to get into, especially with only one item. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So then I tried to look at uh, doing the salad dressing that they did back uh, when Tall Hammers was around. And okay. they just used to just give it to boutique stores. It was like, uh a caper dressing and uh, yeah great but again a highly competitive market when I was calling was just learning about it from the store side like you want to get into that category when you have Paul Newman's who has a lot and mm, he has true. uh of, of actual philanthropy side to his business because he all the proceeds go to charity then you have Kraft you have Wishbone you have uh, all these companies private label the whole nine and where you gonna fit and it's gotcha. just dressing the same with our barbecue sauces and sauces. Like, it's highly competitive, highly saturated. So, I'm like, all right. And so, my aunt was like, well, why don't you try the chicken season? Everyone loves my grandmother's chicken. She was sending around my aunt when she was uh, working in uh, FM 100. Okay. She would take it to her sales meeting. People loved it and raved about it. So, I'm like, all right, yeah, okay, cool. Then, when it came down to looking at the business side of it, okay, seasoning. You have something that has a very long shelf life. Basically, it's, it doesn't it go bad. It might lose its potency, but it doesn't go bad. So then you can have the opportunity to have a long shelf life. It makes sense now with my strategy because now, okay, if you eat food, you want flavor in your food. Great. Baseline. Seasoning. Start it off. And we have a product that people love. It's her product. Great. So then you season the product. Then eventually I was saying, okay, we got to phase this out. So if you want seasoning, you eventually have baked goods and breads. Because I'm looking at Sister Schubert, and I'm saying, damn, you're cornering the market with right. an item that people love. They love my grandmother's roll. They're always talking about them. And I just didn't think about it until I saw Sister Schubert. I'm like, damn, you're cornering the market. You, I'm sure you do the private label for the Kroger's and everyone else. And I'm like, damn, okay. 
you actually just out here by yourself. Okay, let's see if we can give you, you know, share some market share. You know what I mean? It's enough for everyone eating in the business. Like competition is a good way to bring, I guess, to bring the best out of people. But ultimately, right. it doesn't necessarily exist. I mean, there's gotcha. so much money out here, so much opportunity. That's you can true. Find your niche anywhere. So, which I've done. Right. And. Then eventually go into frozen entrees, which is the third phase, which makes it full circle back to catering. So, Fair of enough. course, we're in phase two now. Mm-hmm. So, when I had the seasoning, it was great. Got the product out on the market. It went good. I had it in the house. Selling out the trunk. I called on to Easy Way and Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly and Whitehaven. That was my first store because it was Piggly Wiggly at the time. Clarence Mosley, the manager there, he's still there today. Shout out. <laughs> he uh, hooked me up. We did a booth. I was uh, frying, having a little chicken stand, frying a chicken nice. and People loved it. They tried it. And Easy Way, Barry Carter, I know I think they had like one location left. You know, a lot of things that happened with their business model. But he gave me a shot. It worked out. I was doing demos. I sold out. Gave a lot of product away. And then I was like, all right, called on the big boys, Kroger. And they were like, man, you need to come up with uh, more product. And I'm like, okay. So for the next two years, I was doing R&D to come up with additional items to sell. Right. So I came up with five other items. You have an all-purpose seasoning, a fish seasoning. Then you have breaders to deep fry. If you want to deep fry, of course, in the South, there's something that kind of moves. And you have a spicy chicken breader, original chicken breader, and fish breader. Went that, took that, took that back to Kroger. Two years later, uh, meet with a different buyer. They told me no. I was like, no, nah, I can't go for that. Because I've been two years. Maybe right. exactly what you say. So they gave me distribution in the Memphis stores, about 20-some-odd stores, with two of the products, not all six. And uh, from there, just uh, started to move those products. Did pretty good. Couldn't find a, a co-packer to pick up the bread. So I was too small. So I started to do it in-house. So now we're doing the artisan baked goods. And here we are. You know, all trying right. to build the brand up, continue to grow. Continuing to focus on uh, new line items and uh, hopefully we can get back scale, you know, scale production. I'm out. I'm out of the Kroger stores now because I gotcha. made mistakes. I didn't take the money from the season and reinvest it directly back into the product. Fair enough. More towards you know operating expenses, things that mm. I had to do to keep the doors open. But gotcha. that's not how you really want to do any of your. Uh, you know, you got to re up with your product and it needs to pay for itself. And then the margins off of it go towards those other uh, things. And if you don't have those margins, you got to, you know, supplement that lack of income, which I, you know, just in the process of learning, right. so excited about the Kroger deal, not wanting to lose it, want to keep them just happy. So I'm just totally just focused on them not doing nothing else but the seasoning. And then I should have probably started to bake goods as well with the seasoning, but just learning it and understanding it and making those mistakes, you just got to go, go through the process and learn as you go along. Not going to be perfect. At least I'm not. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, just got to the point where I started baking in-house through the encouragement of my uh, girlfriend at the time, now wife. Nice. And she was like, look, you got to do something. Because I was waiting on deals to come through. I'm calling on companies. And I'm like, look, and I've got a co-packer that said they'll pick me up three months down the line. They kept pushing me back four months. And, mm. and in this game, lead times like that, really, that's not a long time. Gotcha. Months pass, especially for a production run. Fair enough. And then get on someone's line. So, you know, at least for me, like, that didn't that period of time didn't last that long. Like, yeah, give me until March. We'll reach back out. Okay, great. You're going to produce, you know, you're going to be able to produce it. And I can call on you know Walmart I can call these stores and they'll push it out because I know this will move because I was already demoing it with the seasoning at the stores and people were looking for it so I already had like a baseline understanding that yeah okay this can move because Sister Shoe was out there and I'm already demoing it with the seasoning and people are asking about this in conjunction with that product and it's gotcha. not even sold so and then uh, just got me to this point now where we you know doing baked goods across the city of Memphis multiple uh, store locations and uh, like different awesome. categories of business food service and uh, just trying to continue to grow this brand. So awesome, uh, Daniel. If you would, what do you wish you would have known before you started Mayweather Foods? Oh, I'm sorry, before you entered back into the fold of Mayweather Foods, basically. To 
basically have have a nest egg kind of ready to kind of okay. go out and get things kind of started the right way. You okay. Know, you don't need to kind of be winging it as you go along. And <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> it helps not take on as much debt if you kind of don't have a solid, like if, if I had a purchase order, yeah, go, I would understand taking on the debt I Fair did. Enough. But it's kind of good to have a little nest eggs kind of set up so you can go out and do the things, necessarily have the resources at your disposal to, you know, advertise properly, do the demos and meet people, get around, gotcha. make sure your labels look good and just make sure everything's kind of set up to where you're not starting I guess in the red as much because you're gonna you're gonna have to spend some money to make some money. But absolutely, yeah, it, it, absolutely, it, it helps you out into uh you know just uh go full steam ahead cautiously, but go full steam ahead. I know uh, you got Mayweather. Did you ever work in corporate America a little bit before? Uh, I had an intern. And, uh, this is this real life, y'all. Okay, <laughs> internship with Coca Cola my freshman year in college. Okay, I won that here with the bottling company here locally, and I got fired in up to a week. <laughs> my PP was cloudy. Oh no! Yeah, I'm in college. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, fair so, enough. Yeah, so uh, it's crazy. They hired me within an hour and fired me within a week. I was at the FedEx uh, Classic at uh, Southwind, and they called me. I'm like, ah, oh, damn, here you go. <laughs> and so then, I, you know, but it was, was kind of like I was like, all right, whatever. Because me and my homeboy in college, my roommate, we were trying to come out with this clothing line. It was kind of cool because we were going around campus and we were just saying the name, and we were just whispering women's ear the name of the company. <laughs> What's that? I'm like, I think we got something, dude. We put this because he was like, he could draw, like he could literally do the uh, the the draw the images for the clothing, like right. little skinny pictures and stuff. Like he could do that. Like that was his. I like, okay, you really know how to draw for a designer, so mm-hmm. let's do it. And it, it didn't work out, but yeah, I got fired from Coke, and then I worked. Uh, had another internship at a Hartsfield International Airport in their parking division, which at the time, I believe, it might still be. That's their number one revenue generator at that airport is parking. Mm-hmm. So not beyond the rent spaces for the vendors is parking. That's where they get a lot of their revenue. So had an internship there. That was, and then I then I worked as a counselor at a camp uh, over the summer here with the city of Memphis. And then I worked with, I guess, a camp with, as an underprivileged youth. It was like a, it's like a, not an orphanage, but it's kind of like mm-hmm. a uh, place where at night, the women would, I think, stay there, and I was a counselor there, and gotcha. yeah, that was it for the most part. I just, you know, worked in Moncrief heating and air conditioning and sales. Gave them, made them a lot. I was real good at that job. Okay, and, uh, that was just all this college stuff, but I haven't had a salaried position in corporate America formally uh, ever. No, when you had like the internship and and the uh, heating and air place, mm-hmm. what did you learn from like you know, uh, like a boss or a, a supervisor that you had? Not really. It's like okay. In the, that's the thing. Like when I go into the job field and like you're working for some other company, it's so many different things going through my mind. I'm like, all right, I'm in a position now where it's all about competition. They love mm-hmm. competition because it helps their bottom line, and then it helps it, it helps them to make more money as a company. But it also is like the backbone of everything that goes on psychologically with people. Like that, you know, people looking over their shoulder, people looking at you. They they see how you're performing, so they're trying to mimic you. Do they have a good relationship or a ship with you beyond that? And as a result, you kind of look at things objectively throughout. It's not like even if you have someone bad, it's like either you really don't like me because you're an asshole or you just (laughs) are concerned about, you know, what I might if I might take your position, which is right. And that doesn't get in the way with the bottom line. You still got to get the job done. Absolutely. It's just a matter of you going to once you like it's kind of like I become a robot if I'm going to work with someone else. Mm, Like I have no feelings. I have nothing. I'm just like I'm here to do part of the system. It's part of it. So and I don't like I literally turn it on and off and I know. I can do that, but I don't expect other people to do that. I right. request it, like leave your problems at home, but that's not being realistic. Some people just, they don't know how to separate objective from their uh, non-objective life. 
And I just, I'm just wired that way. It's like, I, I'm in this moment. I'm like, everything's a moment, and that's what it's about. That. So, you know, in terms of just bad, <laughs> no, nah, I don't even, I don't even know. Gotcha. I'm sure some people might have. I, I have no idea what that's like. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Now, now I would imagine your business model is a little different because this next question we ask is usually uh, the businesses are like direct to consumer, right. but yours seem a little different as far as right. like where you deal with stores. So, how do you navigate those waters to get those? Um, deals if you will forgive my ignorance mm -hmm. uh with like the kroger or the super low or mm -hmm. in grocery stores how do you cold call cold just call pick up the phone know what i want to do know who i want to sell and just really try to get a face-to-face -face meeting and try to give them to the product tell them the story give them the product and then after that point i'm here to make you look good there's a million different products in the grocery store so the food business you really can't go wrong when you're hungry and going to the grocery store just pick something you're going to be happy as long as you're not allergic to it it's not it's not a bad decision gotcha. in a grocery store so when you're in that environment it's all about making the other person look good what added value do i bring to you pick up the phone make a call give them the product and at that point now i can have i have traction so i can just show them here are the numbers here's what i've done here how, here's how i performed here's a story and you know if need be you know hey if you I'm a minority vendor, so if you need that to check check mark fine, but I don't sell that. I sell the product, I sell the brand viability, and the fact that I'm here to make you look good and make you more money because that's going to make us all money because it's a relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. As entrepreneurs, we always you know engage in professional development, whether mm -hmm. reading books, audio books, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. What does that mean to you, and what are you learning right now? I mean, I don't. I I try as much as I can to like take advantage of any kind of workshop that I have time for but it's mm -hmm. like I'm I'm a one man band so it's only so much time that I can really invest into actually myself gotcha. because I got a family now right I have a wife and is your it, business partner sleep by the way no nah, yeah I'm sure yeah, he, he's a home sleep <laughs> he was awake when I left but <laughs> might be nap time but yeah business partner be in the building but you know like all that is a part of it and it's like man it's something to me like I, I don't mind like I, I read when I can like mm -hmm. I, I stay online my wife hates it but I stay on Facebook not to get the actual news itself but just mm -hmm. to get like I'm looking at consumer behavior essentially because I'm enough. following people and they're posting things they're saying things they're doing things so I'm getting a really a taste of the environment that is out here so I have a firm understanding okay the shopper, when they're at their shopping point, mm -hmm. they're also the same person that's passionate about these other areas, whether they be true or not, or fake news or not. They still have these passions because this is what they're posting. This is what they're deciding to share with the world. So it helps me give an understanding of people and to give me ideas. So I learn a lot from just that social media environment as the business of social media like that it is it is a world that the people that are making money off of it they understand it and they're manipulating or not manipulating they're just using their business model in order to you know make the i guess generate revenue for them or for right. whatever reason me i'm trying to understand attention span is the number one commodity now so where's your attention going and how can i get you to focus attention on my product so right and wh where are you going socially how do, how how's the world evolving like what are people actually feeling how what are their interests and what they care about because beyond the business that's why in terms of professional development like my life is more important like mm -hmm. living this thing properly having this experience and respecting it and enjoying it and Absolutely. really be in this life not just of it right. you know what i'm saying and being in the moment and that involves just you know absorbing everything beyond uh my objective world i like am loving my life spending time with my son kicking right. it like fall, like not doing shit some days just, right it's coming in like, like I'm, I'm relaxed i'm chill because i'm not under that pressure to perform 
for the sake of having something or or being at this pillar. Like I have goals, I have things I want to achieve, and I'm Absolutely. very focused and committed to on them. But at some point, man, like, you got to realize, man, in, in any day this thing could be over with. What are you doing Absolutely. to fulfill this life? Not just reach your bottom line or right. you know get this sales goal, or whatever. What are you doing to do the whole thing? Absolutely. And that's what I'm, you know, primarily focused on. So when it comes to really professional development and time, I I will develop. Yeah, I will learn. You know, if I could go to the QuickBooks class, I will. But hell, it might be during the day I got to order. Gotcha. Or if I gotta, you know, want to, you know, pick up another book to read, that's cool. But it might take me a few months to read it just because I the way I like to take in information, I need to kind of stick with it. And if I have a a week like during the holidays, I couldn't do anything but work and sleep. And right. Didn't get much sleep. You know what I'm so it's like, I'm I'm in this. I'm in the midst of. I'm like I committed to it. I'm totally involved, and mm-hmm. I'm down for the. You know, entrepreneurship is what it's about. I don't have a stable lifestyle. I don't have structure. Right. I, I'm building my structure. Right. It, it can go any kind of way, and that's just what I signed up for. So as a result, I might not be as fine-tuned in all areas and I can definitely use some fine-tuning mm-hmm. but I'm not going to commit myself to just objectifying my life when I have so much more that I live for that is beyond like it wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do what I do if I didn't make sure the balance was there absolutely, so, you know, absolutely. that's how I kind of look at it like go get your professional development go read your books and do those things keep that keep that involved but also realize man you got to Sometimes you gotta just enjoy everything and just look around, smell that. the air. You know what I'm saying? Look, look, look at people. You know, see where people are, feel mm-hmm. their pain, feel what they need, and you know, just try to see if you can really be great and give back in ways that affect you, your business, but it affects this world and make it a better place. I hear that, and, and, and I imagine that's kind of where book reading time came from, right? Just trying to have that work life yeah. balance. Well, yeah, no, book, <laughs> book reading time was like I need to read to my son, number right. one, right. off top. Like I, I know the benefit it gave me. Like you need to understand the language that you're about to learn and read from and become a, whatever. You need to know that. And but more importantly, man, it's like all right, I got to. I, I, and I, I'm in I'm in South Memphis, but I'm around this I'm in this community. I see a lot that goes on. I, mm-hmm. I'm in part of the community association, so I hear people's pain. I'm like, look, man, I can't sit out here and not give back, because I think that because of the history of people fighting and, and struggling to try to provide opportunities for inner city America as well as for people to look like us and absolutely and just anyone that's in, going through a struggle. It's like, all right, man, if they've been fighting this long, we still people feel like we haven't got we've gotten far, but we still have so far to go. Then there has to be some easy, simplified ways to make a dynamic impact. And so with book reading time, I'm like, look, man, I know a lot of parents aren't around mm, okay. don't have time gotcha. not really in the space where they can really do this like I can have like I can do I can be with my son you know at whatever time and still get over here and get work done like a lot people might not have that time a lot of black males might not be in their children's life and I know the importance of just seeing that imagery absolutely of just having that etched in your brain it's extremely important to me to set the foundation because if you can read and understand words, then, and if you like to understand that you embrace that, then that will help you a lot, regardless if the resources at your school are inadequate, Absolutely. or if you're in a situation where the teachers might not care, or that it's just a, a crazy world. Like you can, if you read and understand, and you understand words and languages, then you you're 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 probably less likely to have an adverse learning experience early on, which could then lead to problems later on. Like for example, when you're when I was in school, you know, there always the kid that didn't do the homework or wasn't comfortable reading that was the one that was acting all bad and tough and hard because it wasn't just might he, he might have aggression might be issues at home but he feel like all right if i gotta read something i don't know how to read now i'm finna just go to get you off my back i'm about to brush up because now i'm feeling threatened and as opposed to really 
just embracing the fact, dude, you need to learn these words and languages because 10, 15 years from now, it's going to come to where you're going to need to have it as a part of your foundation mm-hmm. to where now, if you take example, the Electrolux and all these companies, they can't get the people qualified to even take right. the test to get trained. Right. Well, that starts at book reading time. Level. Absolutely. Understanding it, reading and just just respecting words and of course it's just the imagery a positive imagery a man I'm with my son reading this is important I hear that let me put that out there it's little old me and hopefully that can kind of take off and then we do that a million different times or 20 million different times that that makes foundational impacts it's nothing as elaborate it's nothing as flashy it's just like look we reading I'm having a good time I'm spending time with my son I'm killing two birds and the image that I can pass on to other brothers and sisters especially to the single mom that's raising these young boys mm-hmm or to the, the 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 young male that might just not have dad around or whatever. Just like here's something for you if you don't have, even if you don't have time, you just busy. You're in your child's life, but you're busy. You working two jobs, whatever the case may be. Here, let's take this. Let's really invest in reading and words, but more importantly, let's show the imagery because I know how important it is in our community to see that. Absolutely. And I hope that more people do it. Like, it doesn't have to be exclusive to me. It's just, you know, I hope more people do it. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? I did copyright this book read time. Fair enough. Fair enough. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the day, <laughs> you ain't got to go online. Like, read, just read your kids and have fun right. with it, man. Because at that level, now I know, because I, I was reading too at that level, mm-hmm. like, now it's not a problem understanding words and speaking and doing things like that. It's like, it's just, it's natural. Like, you don't feel... Uh, anxiety when you do it because then I've been in you know like I was an option my whole life but the standard whatever that I hate that word but the other students <laughs> right. and you would see the the difference in just like you know being smart was almost like you know it, you had to overcome some people had to overcome I didn't worry about it because I just was confident who I was and I, I ain't let that define me it was just like alright I don't know I take care of business of school it wasn't like I'm better than you or anything it's just I'm here, here. But, but when you had that relationship you just saw like damn dude you really you really just mad because the teacher asked you to answer a question that <laughs> you really ain't mad. You just mad you can't answer the question. Right. But we don't right. address that. And by that time, it's like, look, bro, you might, you probably can help, but the older you get, the more difficult it is to kind of re- rebuild foundations. That's why they always say, teach the children. You really can't teach adults. Like, and I hate that that's that saying. I don't believe mm-hmm. in that, but I do understand where they come from because now, if he's hearing words all day long, he understands that when he's reading that science book or that English book, these things now he's going to be able to understand the context of them and the content as opposed to trying to figure out just announcing that word or saying it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That these are things you know that's embarrassing to some kids. Yeah, absolutely, not being able to speak properly and then they then that'll just totally turn them off from learning and reading. And now there's a world out there that's you know obviously existed. You know will definitely take you in if you don't want to embrace the system. I guess, so right. to speak, you know, so, or at least play in the system, play the game and this is the way the system is set up. And, uh, you know, hopefully book reading time, uh, it instills that droplet, uh, of, uh, energy in that foundation that can, you know, take you to wherever you want to go. I hear and that. Never be erased. But yeah, I hear that. Killing two birds with one stone, download these computers. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me ask you this. So, uh, a lot of people and you're college educated, so you can probably, uh, provide, uh, some type of context to this. Some people believe that, uh, entrepreneurs have to have like, you know, all these contacts, the college educated college degree in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. Some people think you just need, an idea and some work ethic to be successful as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on that? Uh, you can say all of that, really, because okay. you gotta have the work ethic, you gotta have the idea, but the context they help. Who you know, so who you know, world, man. And like, right. you know, I, I had a guy for me a job that was one of my grandmother's clients, a very successful business owner, and it would have set me up probably while I'm making good money and very little work because his business model is very easy, but. 
I was like, man, I can't do that. I can't leave my aunt hanging because she depended on me to go to the Sam's, go to the stores, and now mm-hmm. who's going to do that? Right. And who's going to do it the way I do it? Because I know people don't do it the way I do it. They'll pick up any kind of product. Now, there's certain kind of products you need, and you don't need to be looking all day in the store to get it, and you need to kind of understand. So I'm like, I don't want to leave her hanging. So I right. turned down a job offer that probably would have gave me those resources I was talking about, that nest egg, Absolutely. to fund my business. Right. But uh, you don't have to be college educated to be successful. Honestly, college is a hustle. It's a big hustle because it costs money. <laughs> and you really, we're talking about creating a better country. You want as many smart people as possible. If you educate them, it should be for free. That's why I, I voted for Bernie Sanders. And I, gotcha. and I dig, I, I was digging for Bernie Sanders. But don't knock education now because you need Absolutely. to. Because the nuance of business is where that college degree comes in to understand accounting, to understand marketing, to understand strategies, understand how to build relationships, how critical thinking works, how dealing with personalities that might be just as you know, alpha as you are, mm-hmm. how to be able to go into a room with a bunch of alphas and get the job done, which is something that college teaches you because at Absolutely. that point you're in an environment with everyone, okay, we're in college now, we're doing what we're supposed to do. Everyone has an idea that works, everyone thinks that they got a plan. <laughs> so how are you going to get your thing through in the midst of having that, as well as those that might be, you know, that they might be in college but they're not they're not there. They just really are taking a ride. They got, you know, money in the family. I'm just going through the motions. And I got all the resources at my disposal. I'm really not as smart as you, but because I'm here, mm. that's who I know, I'm going to get put here, here, here. Gotcha. And that happens, too. That happens, right. you know, in college and outside of college. Absolutely. But when you're in that environment, you kind of, you know, get cool with these people, know these people, and you know other people, you know people that are struggling, you know people that's kind of, you know, from the streets, hard, you know what I'm saying? They're just in an educated environment. And, you know, you kind of get that mix socially to kind of, where you're also expected to perform. So when you get out in the real world and you're dealing with issues where you might be a manager and you have these personalities, somebody coming to work, got a you know crazy at-home situation or they just, you know, health issues, you're able to understand dynamics, which college kind of gives you all of that in one as well as forcing you to bring out the best of you objectively because these professors are on you, life is on you, you have all this freedom and, you know, you're a quote-unquote adult. So gotcha. it, uh, it helps to kind of build that, that world around you but at the end of the day it's still capitalism because you're going to pay for that education right and you have to spend money most college students are broke that's the telltale you know that's the, <laughs> that's the re- environment so you're always dealing with that in the back of the head and so the person that's not in college is focused on that which is the bottom line unfortunately it's, it's the bottom line of capitalism it's right. not the bottom line of life life is about enjoying and living treat people right in my opinion absolutely so but in terms of just the dollar side of it so you can focus on that not to focus on keeping your lights on and worry about food right some people out here are equipped to just get to the money and they can make it happen they don't need to have all of these they're gonna have to have someone that does have that education because you need to know your taxes and accounting you need to understand that right but you don't have to have that in order to be successful you need to understand it so you need to go to youtube library lynda.com whatever mm-hmm. and get that knowledge but don't just act like if you don't go to if you go to college if you don't go to college you're less than some people and i know people and i truly believe because people feel like they're not validated they look for people to that's not in college not in school to make them feel like mm. yeah i'm at least i'm not you and it's like man that's that's nothing that means right. nothing that, that and that draws a, a, a that, that makes us separate from each other and it uh it hardens us because now it's like you versus me and we everybody's trying to go for the same goal it's like I know people right now. They, you know, I got student loans, and uh, I know people that don't, and they're not making a ton of money, and they're not doing anything illegal. Right. But they just went out to the to the point you were saying, like they had a plan, idea, they mm-hmm. understand how to execute it, 
got you know they got some understanding of education. They're not just dumb, right? They, of course, but they just didn't have. They didn't take the typical high school college job and all that. They went out and made it happen, and they're very successful. Mm-hmm. And now they have something to say, and then you know the other people have something to say, and then in between you have the battle of. Well, at least I go to college. I'm college educated, and I got this job. I got that. Like, man, whatever, man. Like, what, are you, you know, what are you doing? Maybe we're at a better place. And, right. You know, Absolutely. Bottom, line, the bottom line, right. you know, you, you know, money is a funny thing. You can. It's various ways to make money, but are you wealthy? You know, what I'm saying, right. your spirit wealthy. You Absolutely. Know what I'm saying, are your heart wealthy? Yeah, your bank account is one thing, but you know, moral compass is another. So. I hear that. Yeah. I definitely hear that. What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? What's the worst piece you've ever gotten? Best piece of advice. Uh, was from a very, very successful businessman in Memphis. He's like, man, I always make sure you're buttoned up, man. When you come to the table, make sure you're buttoned up. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Don't come in with your tie looking all crazy. That's not, <laughs> not physically speaking, but make sure you're right. on point with what you know. You, you, right. You're buttoned up. You know right. what I'm saying? Don't exactly. you know, just come make sure you uh your game is tight, you know, at all times, especially as an African-American brother. You know, you really need Absolutely. to make sure that you're on point with what you're doing. Don't if you know you have step and don't have step, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Especially when you're trying to ask other people to give you their money, which is basically their 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 earnings from their labor to spend with you for whatever for whatever reason, like whether they need it or not. Like whether it's a need through law, like in, insurance companies or uh, people that you know taxes and things like that. They you have to get that done, so they're there to get something. They're there to provide a service for you that you have to have. Mm-hmm. Don't take that for granted, and just because someone has to do something through laws that you don't give them their all, and you're not making sure you're on point. And uh, I don't think I've ever <laughs> received some bad advice because the thing is that that the only way you're really wrong about something if it's factually proven. Okay. Everything we say Fair is enough. an opinion. Everything we say <clears throat> is an opinion. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like it, it, everything is an opinion. Unless there's like, it, it, uh, I dropped my hat. <laughs> Fact. Hat was dropped. <laughs> I dropped it. Fact. Okay, that's not an opinion. But short of that, how you do things, which way to go. Because I've heard like numerous people, how oh, that's not going to work. I don't see that happening. Like with my business, I, I don't just really see it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like it's that, I'm glad you don't see it because that forces me to really see, okay, why don't you see it? Mm-hmm. What areas am I missing? I hear that. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, kind of forces you to be creative. Yeah, a little bit. yeah, yeah. creative. Okay. And then, then and check yourself, make solve. sure, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're on point with what you're doing and right. it's like, it's, I just don't, it, there's advice that might not benefit you, but I don't think, I think life is like, it's structured in a way where yeah, they, yeah, you make your own decisions and it affects your outcome. But everything is kind of is everything happens for a reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you, your journey is kind of like it's your journey for a reason because you have ups and downs and everything else. And right. Once is you straight, you straight. Like and then you gonna look back on those journeys like damn, that was, a, that was a crazy turn. But <laughs> what if I didn't make that turn? Would I ended up here? You know, you gotcha. never know. You can never second guess yourself. It's just like with a basketball game. They always say, "Well, if they would they may see that two points come to haunt them." What the fuck you mean that two points come to haunt them? <laughs> like, what are the, what are, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't know if that like that's not how it works. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Hey, like it's at the first quarter. You mean a two points? They gonna affect the end of the game? Like that ain't how this works. It's not how it works. You, know? you don't know if they would have went on a 10-0 run if that shot Fair went. enough. You know what I mean? So right. it's like, I, and that's the objective we're running. You have to have that structure because you have to know that if I charge $20 for this, I need my $20. I don't need nobody. Well, actually, in reality, it's not really 20 if you think about it. It's, it's a two and a zero, so I can just give you two and nothing. Like, yeah, you're going to give my motherfucking money. You know what I'm saying? But, and you know, being on time, like you got you to gotta have some structure, but ultimately, you can't lose sight of just the end of the day, man. This is all just... It's right. not as it's not as crucial as serious as we make it, but 
you can't play with it. You know what I mean? That makes sense. So. Fair enough. No. Uh, last question before we go to break. Uh, what is a typical day? And I, I know bits and pieces because I saw, follow you on social media. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. what's the typical day in the life of uh, Daniel Watson? Oh, yeah. Wake <laughs> up. Uh, hopefully I can get book reading time with my son. If not, <laughs> I'm going to normally, like, early in the week, I like to go get my supplies. Like, mm-hmm. I used to try to do it on Sundays. But I just, like, I'm not going to, like, work five, six days a week. I got a family now. So on um, Mondays, I try to get up, get all my supplies for the week, check my stores, see what's needed restocked. Then come in here. I try to uh, make up my dough to, for the week to prepare for products that's coming in, mm-hmm. and then uh, sometimes I try to do some work around here. Like I got all, I got so much clutter in here, but I need space to kind of really grow and do things I need to do. So try to get some work done. Uh, I might do like my accounting work with my QuickBooks, make dough. By that, by the time I get through making dough, it's probably end of the day. You know, try to get gotcha. my day started. I might. I'm trying to get back and create some time where I can exercise and just keep physically. You know, like to keep that on point too. Uh, do that, and you know, make cold calls. Maybe try to visit a client or two, if possible. Introduce some products. Drive around. See what new businesses are out that might you know be a good fit for my product. And that. then normally by Monday afternoon I already know what I got to do for one of my larger clients and it pretty much structures the rest of my week so by Tuesday I'm already getting prepared for orders that's going out Wednesday and if the phone calls are coming in then I'm uh, trying to fill those and then like early on in the week I try to make sure that I can get out of here at a good time because later on in the week I normally like last night I was here to midnight mm. Thursdays I'm normally here to you know, 9, 10 o'clock at least and you know, I try to make sure I'm leaving early so I can just kick with my family and my son absolutely and uh, beforehand I used to just work non-stop and I always used to be on the go maybe at one point I was Ubering just to bring in mm. more income just to you know if I need to have you know a staff I can pay them because I was really trying to grow last year but it just wasn't it was so much going on it was like I'm gonna just you know get through the year right. see how I did with just you know strictly off the sale because I lost a uh, food service account with uh, West Clinic Kelly English with uh uh, second line and mm-hmm. restaurant iris he now does these he has exclusive rights for their food service gotcha. at all their clinics and they gotcha. were using us a couple of thanksgiving so that was like a huge huge deal mm-hmm. just at the end of the year and that was gone so didn't get to throw that in the bottom line but still we did pretty good with just off the product so once i've seen that now i know a couple of years back to back where i'm kind of am as a one-man band and what mm-hmm. i can really do by myself i'm seeing that number now i'm in a position where i can it's okay let me bring someone in here, and then I can throw you in at this particular salary if I can afford it, or I can find some interns, or I can pretty much figure out how to structure this whole thing so I can grow this, right. and then scale it if I can't find an investor or anyone that's interested in coming in. Gotcha. And so uh, that's it, man. Print out invoices, make phone calls, <laughs> get phone calls. Gotcha. <laughs> and just bake, man. Bake and uh, you know try to keep this area as... Uh, not as congested. I mean, it's a lot. It's straight and it up. No, I got you. I got you. where all the cooking goes down. But like, yeah, that's why I got my boxes just to keep everything. I can ship out product and stuff. And Understood. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's it's straightforward. It's a lot of work, but it's it's not too much uh, involved. But that's the life, home. though, right? Yeah, that's what it is. That's what I signed up for. <laughs> we change it for the world. You know all right. Saying? How you like being on the startup life so far? It's, uh, I really enjoy it, man. I really appreciate it. A lot of questions. It gets me to think about some things. And I uh, really just appreciate the opportunity and the honor, man. You know, uh-huh. I love, love speaking to people that want to speak to me. So, <laughs> it's all good. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And we do appreciate the time. So we're going to take a quick break, and you're listening to The Startup Life.
are a teacher looking for great resources, look no further than Owls e-commerce store on Teachers Pay Teachers, the store name Teaching with Owls. Enjoy great lessons based on short stories from great authors such as Kate Choppin's The Story of an Hour and Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of the Red Death. And no worries, teachers, all lessons are Common Core aligned. Let's continue. All right, Startup Nation, so we're back with Daniel Watson. Now, Daniel, can you, you know, explain to us what the Grindumentary is? Well, it's something I follow on social media, yeah, and I appreciate yeah, a lot. Right. But tell us a little bit about that. It's all good. It was, uh, <laughs> well, seeing as how social media, you're documenting everything. It's Absolutely. It's a documentary, and I feel everybody grinding, so grindumentary. That's right. it. <laughs> and it's essentially just to say, man, look, everybody's going through. Like the, I think the best of people is when they out there doing their thing, man. And like When you out there, you, you start your day, and you finna go make it happen. I think everybody... Every single body person, no matter young old, like you and your grind, that's the best of you. I think that's that's who you are, and this brings out what the essence of your your beauty and, and, and everything about you. And it's just your day to day, how you get it to make it happen. Whether you got some objective going on, or whether you just out here just living life, like that's your grind, like your day to day, how you get through it to get to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. And I just want to focus on that, and I want that to be. That's what I'm doing because this is my grindumentary, and I know everyone has their own grindumentary, but I'm focused on that. That's why I trademarked it. So I'm trying gotcha. to really take it, and I really got some things I want to do with it, with some different projects. But it, it's the it's what I'm doing, man. It's like at the end of the day, when this thing pops off, and I'm looking back, it would be strictly about that grindumentary, and it's I hear that. It's what everybody had. We all go through it, man. Every single day, I, I know it. I know everybody has their stories and their struggles. So. <laughs> That's your grindumentary, you know what I'm saying? It's unique to every single person on earth. The day you come into this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's all good. Got you. So what do you think, uh, Daniel, is a popular misconception about business, like starting a business? Oh, you own. You rich. You popping, man. You, you own a business? Yeah, I'm a man. You what? You don't get it. No, it's like, it's not like... It's cool. It, the freedom is cool, but it's man, you got sacrifices. You gotta, you gotta put in that work, man. You gotta right. really, you know, unless you got the resources to get the people to put in the work, some work getting put in. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta. There gonna be some long nights. There gonna be some, some broke days. Gonna be a couple of missed bills. Gonna be a light or two get cut off for a minute. But <laughs> at least for me, but you know, it's uh it's not all about it. And it's and you it, you're responsible for. Like so much, especially once you get a staff, man. Like you respond before they live, you respond for them going home and making sure they can take care of their family. So it's like it, it's a, it's more than just owning it. Like you have essentially a, a second life that you're responsible for. It breathes and it lives and it does its thing, and it's really predicated on your behavior completely and totally. There are other outside factors that can affect it, but I mean, you're the one that kind of steers the ship. So it's not all. Uh, it's fun, but it's a lot of commitment beyond what you would normally think you would have to do in order to, you know, I guess run a business. Mm-hmm. If you think it's just a matter of just saying it, man, it's, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> like you, you are living this life. You are, you are definitely not just an owner. You are so much more. Right. And uh, yeah, I don't think people necessarily fully understand that it's not just you know a title. You know. I hear that. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot of people they want the title but not the everything yeah, the that comes yeah, with yeah, it. Right. It's a whole lot to come with it. Man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you got to be. You have to be wired for it. It has to. It is. I mean, you can do it. You can just anyone can start a business, but to actually go through the ups and downs and to take that ride, that that zigzag, and it, it all over the place, it take. You got to understand that it's coming, and you got to be prepared for it. You know. Got gotcha. you. All right. So, 
I know you talked about you know you know you're a one man band, but I know eventually you want to bring in some employees and stuff like that. Right. What do you what would you look for in an employee? Someone that can duplicate what I do objectively. Like I need okay. them. Like my, this is my process. This is how we roll. I need you mm-hmm. to do that. But I also need you to understand that people are ingesting this product. You're eating it. You're consuming it. You, mm, you know, okay, fair enough. I don't need you to come in here not wanting to see it done right. Like you know, what I'm saying I'm giving you this, but mm-hmm. this was supposed to go to one of my customers. And I'm like, nah, I can't. Even though, and this is a free pan. I give all my customers free pan. I'm like, gotcha. I can't accept that. Like, I would go back if this was part of the original order. Mm-hmm. I would have gone back and just dumped this out. And these are perfectly good. You know, right. there's nothing no, I wrong. You. I got people that live with bodies from me. Right. But it's like, I don't want to do that. I, I want to be able to trust to know that if a cut isn't right, you're not just going to put it in and just get through with the job. Gotcha. I need you to get, like, to make sure it's right and consistent. Because, I mean, I'm selling an artisan product. I got a high price point. Mm-hmm. You need to understand that and you need to respect that people are going to spend their money for this and I want to give them everything and more as best I can through that pain. Gotcha. I want you to be committed to the customer. I want you to be committed to the process and I want you to be committed to your greatness. I want you to come into this environment and embrace what we're trying to do here. I want you to be hungry. I want you to have a desire to be just the best at what you can at best at whatever you do mm-hmm. and I also want you to have fun I want you to enjoy it so you know I want you to be technically sound when it comes to you know understanding this process and the dough size and the cuts and everything else and I just want you to be uh, honest I want you to strive to be better than me you know gotcha and, and I imagine that you know you, you were talking about people you know eat this eat your food and right. stuff like that so I imagine how it looks is important as well, yeah, not yeah, just yeah. the audit, the looks, right. the looks, everything. It's right. just the matter. Just you know, understand like make sure the ingredients are right. Like mm-hmm. if, you know, like if, I, if something falls on the floor, I, I throw it away. You know, it's right. just, no one's here to see me. I can eat it. Like you know, it's like <laughs> look, it's not. It's about just keeping that integrity, that product integrity intact, and mm-hmm. you know, making sure we just provide. Like I want this to be the number one most preferred food brand in the nation. I hear that, and that requires a commitment to the process because absolutely. Now I know that. And that's preferred, meaning that the consumer will decide it. But now I'm giving you validation. Here's why you should make this decision. Gotcha. Because of what happens when they don't see. And it comes through the people that will be responsible for scaling this operation. Because I'm one man. It's like, I'm eventually going to have to step totally out the kitchen and just focus on growing this company. Gotcha. And that's, you know, hopefully that's coming sooner than later, you know. I hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I know the story of um, for this next question, but... Uh, have you ever had to turn down a client or have you ever had a situation where you say you was like prospecting for right. new stores and stuff like right. that? What are you looking for? Or when you had to turn down a client, what what was that process like? Uh, well, I didn't, it was like, really, I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't, it, well, I couldn't afford the resources to get to capacity, but I couldn't do the deal period. Cause I wasn't right. like, this is not like the casinos. I went down them like early, early on when I first started baking and which is back in 2012, and I was like, let's do a deal. They liked it. And if the price was right, you know, they would want to do, you know, sheet pan, like truckloads full of product, mm-hmm. or at least a baker truck full of product. And like, damn, I don't have the infrastructure for that, nor do I have the setup. You know, mm-hmm. the equipment isn't there. And I like, I couldn't really pursue it and really find out what it could look like because it just wasn't, it wasn't there. And then like another store chain is just the market is more into quantity not quality and i'm not about to lower my uh ingredient standards just to make make a profit gotcha. so i can't really do business with all stores in the city of memphis just due to the, the demographic that they cater to mm-hmm. but I'm trying to find a way because you know i want everyone to add this product but it's just it's a high-end product and that's my market and i gotta kind of focus on the people that respect and appreciate what's in the product and also can afford it and that's not for everyone 
and it's just the realities of uh, of business and the realities of of this product and this market. So, any advice to somebody starting out in entrepreneurship? What would that be? Make sure you you, you want to be an entrepreneur. Like mm-hmm. before you even start, before you before you do any of that, make sure that you want to live a life that is strictly unorthodox in the sense of you could be you know enjoying your day and all of a sudden you are thrown into a, a situation where you will not be seen for a week <laughs> or you know you have to uh you thought you were this is your responsibility now you have to do four or five different things because that's just what is what, what you're called to do make sure you're wired to do whatever whenever in order to make sure you're successful make sure that you really are passionate about what you do it helps to be passionate you don't have to be because i mean you can you can just you know you can buy a franchise and not really be passionate about fair it enough. just fair enough. You know, run the system and still be successful so but just you know um really uh make sure you're wired for it like you know if you're not wired to be an entrepreneur you're not wired to do the things necessary that need to do if you're going to complain about what has to be done or you can i mean you can complain and have good days and bad days but just make sure you get it done if it's not for you then go into someone else's structure and just be the best you you can be, and then you'll still be successful. It's like, I don't really, like when people say they don't want to build someone else's dream, I'm like, yeah, I, I get that, but if you're not prepared to build your own, then why not help someone else be at theirs, and that will help you possibly down the line to get to the point where you can, because, fair enough. It, you know, it's not, it's nothing wrong with working for someone, it's just a matter of just, if you really understand what it's all about, it's more than just job security, you have, you really are now deeply invested in your business as well as your customers so you essentially have two bosses as opposed to one mm-hmm. you know because i work for my customers and you know the business dictates you know what i do and how i do it and you know i don't run anything other than i, I make the moves that and if, if the business doesn't respond favorably then i gotta listen like, if i don't listen <laughs> then i'm not gonna be in business much longer so <laughs> but you know uh and make sure you're a good follower before you're a good leader you know Okay. And that helps you to be able to learn and listen to advice and hear people out with what they say and hear objective opinions without being emotional about it. And then know that you, uh, you got greatness inside of you. And if you believe in your greatness, then whether you fail or not, you're going to always make it through it. And then you can get out here and uh, be a quote-unquote entrepreneur, whatever that means. It's a lifestyle, man. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It's right. a lifestyle. It's more than a title. So Absolutely. Yeah. Who are your mentors, Daniel? Uh, Michelle Hoskins she's with Michelle Foods out of Chicago uh, okay. South Holland, Illinois she has a very 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 successful syrup line on the market I tried to have a mentor with the same guy that told me to be buttoned up but he's just so busy it's hard to kind of reach gotcha. out <laughs> reached out to Carolyn Hardy Chisholm you know people mm-hmm. so busy it's like without Michelle you know I talk to her regularly and uh, you know they just it's good to talk to someone else that's in the industry you know, of course my wife she's a mentor She's on my ass constantly, so, which is a good thing, you know what I'm saying? Keeps me focused. But nah, yeah, you know, I, she she has good. She's a very successful businesswoman herself. So okay, yeah, cool. she uh, she always gives good advice and you know bounces ideas off of me. Especially come from the standpoint, she's successful. She likes to see things get done, and so when she says things, she might not understand the nuance of what mm-hmm. I do, but she right. also offers forget the nuance. Here's the bottom line, and it helps me to kind of work through the nuance to get to the bottom line which is great you mm-hmm. know to have that kind of third eye that's right doesn't understand the ins and outs of the business but is involved enough understands the business enough to know where i need to be okay but how to get there is where you know that her hard line approach helps me to figure out the best approach of getting to get there and it's constantly evolving so it's always good where do you see mayweather foods your business or right. the industry that you're in uh going in the next five years 
I see the industry maintaining itself unless, you know, dietary, you know, trends come back. You know, people are always learning about, like, gluten-free and stuff, all that. That's always going to be the case. But then, mm-hmm. just like the non-smoking section in the, in the casino, it's like, it's, it's about the size of a... <laughs> <laughs> that big. Right. I mean? It's like, like, oh, God, I went back and said, it's non-smoking section. Like, dude, it's, it's like it's... Ne- it's like, never a phone, gonna, like a phone booth, yeah, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? It's never going to change. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's going it's to be there. You know what I mean? So it's like, all right. So I'm assuming the food industry is going to be there. So I'm not really worried about it evolving beyond where I'm going to be out of business. But uh, I see Benito Mayweather Foods being in uh, more, uh, if not dominating the Memphis market in terms of just presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, we probably be in other regions. Um, I look forward to expanding this facility, uh, creating some jobs. And I hear that. if maybe by that fifth year, because I, I want to franchise this model, then I'm hoping to have multiple Beneva Mayweather Foods in inner cities across the country that uh, provide jobs to inner city jobs, uh, jobs to inner city, you know, at, at risk at risk males or someone who just needs an opportunity and doesn't mind, you know, learning this craft, working hard at it, and pushing this fresh product out to other other store chains and other relationships. Okay. Um, throughout you know the country because I think this model can work in other areas besides just the local members market. All right. So, Daniel, I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours? I mean, uh, I have a cape, but... Yeah, yeah, no, okay. <laughs> uh, I really think I can uh, analyze people like down to their core. You okay. I mean, especially just in the general public. I think it, understanding and reaching people and relating to them is just... I got a gift where I can see, I see trends. I see where people are like with this election. I kind of understand how Trump won because he touched people's souls. He wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, he wasn't just a robot. He was, even though he touched souls in a way in which, you know, he just touched, he touched people at their core. Right. Fair enough. He touched them at their core and motivated them enough to really, you know, cause outcome. But you got to, I got that, I got the ability to really touch people in a way in which I can get them at the, at the pits and, you know, that's my that's my gift. As, as a Memphis entrepreneur, there there's probably somebody who who doesn't reside here in Memphis, right? right and they're right. thinking about taking their idea, Silicon Valley, New York, wherever the case. Make the case for Memphis why they should come here and build that business. Oh, because <laughs> look at look look around. We need it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, look, uh, if you're from here, man, look. Basically, it's nothing but a bunch of James Winfield wallets in this city. Oh wow! You know? <laughs> if you understand who James Winfield was and what his wallet was, and you understand that you would need to have that kind of base as a part of your organization. It'll, right. it'll, it'll help you out the energy and the spirit and everything. And plus, you know, we're in the distribution capital of the world. We got land, uh, air, uh, water, access. And we're kind of like centrally located with that kind of level of access. It's a place that uh, there are all other places that are, you know, you got you know, other opportunities. I'm sure you got better, you know, infrastructure. I'm sure you have a uh, larger uh, discretionary income through the citizens and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't like this is a matter of just coming here and building a, and taking on a, a challenge to turn this into a city that can really be one of the next great cities in America that also has access to, you know, distribution points and, and, and places where you can really grow beyond uh, this this place. Coming here, yeah. I mean, if you want to come here, like, just look at the bottom line. You got water, air, and air and land access. I mean, you're in a city that it could always grow, even though we can only really expand east and uh, west. I mean, east and north, you still can, you know, take advantage of. You got two uh, adjacent states that they're also growing, and they can also, you know, maybe you can take advantage of, of, of 
of those, you know, laws or whatever may may exist to help build your business. And it's just it's a challenge. It's a place you can go make it make something great that has, you know, the resources where if, if it if everything comes together, if you're great here, then it's only going to be accentuated by the other assets that we this city possesses so I hear that. Uh, you know it's it's uh you know you can go to silicon valley for tech i agree because it's ideal but mm-hmm. you know and i don't know the tech world well enough to say if, if we have a, uh, a, a an environment that is conducive for that kind of growth but uh new york of course you know that's the place where i mean i have a friend of mine told me i can come to new york and make a killing and even when i spoke with someone that i was trying to do business with here who came from new york he mm-hmm. had said that yeah what he did in three months there it took him three years to get here and then, mm-hmm. then i'm like okay great but if we see it like we got we you get business challenges and you get objective then we have this you know world stage we have an election we're seeing everyone's emotions we see black lives matter we see all these issues and well the south this is a ground zero for a lot of that stuff so right you know, i mean you really you know want to try to make the world a better place and try to get beyond that then you got to come to the you know ground zero level and if you can bring your industry here and you can create an economic environment that can help people out to get through their social issues then you know you very well might be able to make this uh make us help us to get through some of these issues we have and you know nothing better than creating you know a place where people can you know make a living and provide for their family why not pick Memphis? I picked it. <laughs> Do you have any current ventures or any promotions or anything you want to put out there? The advertising floor is yours. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, go check out the product in store. Super low on Spotswood. Does a lot of volume. I know Goodman and uh, South Haven, they do decent. I got to try to get some more product out there. Cash Saver and Cloverleaf. Miss mm-hmm. Cordelia's in Harbor Town. Curbside Casserole in East Memphis on Willis Behind the Racket Club. Humphreys Prime Cut Shop next to Folks Folly. Um, Docs, Wine, Spirits, and more. Uh, please go patronize Southern Social and and Flight. Ask for the roles. I provide them there. I don't know how they serve them. I think they're on requests because you know, it's not like I'm doing it uh, a large volume. So I don't think they could really give it out for every customer that comes in. So I think it's just on a request only, which is gotcha. fine by me. And, uh, uh, you know, Miss Cordes in Harbor Town. What I say, Super Low. You got uh, other locations. I'm trying to get the center shot back out on the market and uh, more of the convenience stores, but it's a price point deal. I can't really go much lower than what I currently am charging, and they want it lower than that, so that's not gonna happen. <laughs> and um, also, we got uh, uh, Whole Foods. Man, I've been working on that deal for like two years, going on three. It'll be three years in March. So. Okay. If we close, it'll be great. Big party, big celebration. We'll be back in Whole Foods. And uh, the Kroger relationship is still there. I just have to get more revenue in place to really get the inventory back uh, on the shelf. But uh, the bread products is also an opportunity to kind of showcase those. So we're just going to continue to grow, man. Y'all ask for the product, Beneva Mayweather, B-E-N-E-V-A, Beneva Mayweather, gourmet homemade yeast rolls and yeast cinnamon rolls, center shots, mini pans, and uh, we're going to continue to grow this uh, product and this brand. And if you're interested in possibly becoming a part of the organization, please feel free to reach out to us at MayweatherFoods.com. And uh, I think we have a link, the info at MayweatherFoods.com link or the support at MayweatherFoods.com uh, link. Uh, just email us and uh, we'll try to get back with you and see if we can uh, try to help build this team because we, uh, you know, we're still grinding every single day. You know, we've been at this for now since what? 2012 i started baking 2016 2017 so uh by june it'll be five years in the baking side and you know we got nice. some we got something going good here and overall it'll be uh eight overall for the uh for the actual uh we're going on nine now for the actual 
uh, business itself with the seasonings, seasonings and everything. So mm-hmm. just want to, you know, want to be a part of this organization and you're serious about it. We can sit down and talk, see if we're a good fit and, you know, try to make some things happen so we can grow on scale. And if you're interested in the sales side, let me know. I can send some people out, even though I like to conduct my own deals because I like to kind of push the story. But, I mean, if we're going to grow, we're going to grow. I'm going to need people to do that, too, as well. And see if we can make something happen. It needs to be commission-based on that side for a minute. <laughs> make that clear. Yeah, you know, let's make, make that, that clear. You know, I'll cut your deal off the deal. But I, you know what I mean? I'll was, I was, I give you some lunch or something, but it might be a little difficult to give you a little check. And I'm honest about that. That's why I don't have right. a lot of people working oh, cool. with me now. Because I can't, if I can't pay you a salary, I'm not going to have you working in here. And, you know, man, don't don't cash your check to the next Friday. Bro, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Gotcha. So, I got gotcha. uh, Yeah, you know, that's it, man. Uh, you know. Just appreciate this opportunity, and uh, remember, the sky's the floor. So uh, go see what those stratospheres are talking about. I hear that. So, and Startup Nation, all that information you'll see there in the show notes. Just a uh, really easy uh, click and go to those sites and social media things, whatever. Whatever. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the show, hey, man. I really appreciate, I appreciate it. Did you, Dominic? Yes, sir. It's did you like good. coming on the Startup oh, Life, yeah, man? Yeah, it's all good, brother. Love <laughs> the questions. Love the back and forth. Sorry about that first question. I, just, oh, no, it's I, all, I get into my spiel. It's, it's all like good. Said, yeah, it's, it's all, all good. good. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. It's all good, That's man. So thank you so much. Here's my final take. Daniel Watson is a social entrepreneur, but not in the traditional sense. Now, he'll tell you all day that he's a capitalist, but at the same time, he understands that the platform that his business provides allows him to make the world a better place in his own special way. And if you follow him on social media, you can see that through his Grindrumentary. If you want to let us know what you think about the show or would like to advertise on our show, send us an email to the address in the show notes. Subscribe to The Startup Life as it can now be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Also, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Owls LLC. For a behind-the-scenes look into what we do at Owls, Follow us on Snapchat at Owls LLC. There you will see our creative process and exclusive content. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.